0: Uh, anyone got a cold open? Um, no, I don't no. know. Uh. <coughs> and that's a I don't, comma, no, not
1: like IDK. <laughs> I, don't, I, I, I guess like... <laughs> I for me I love the film's cold opening of just straight into the offices of Pete Budajev during the, uh, <laughs> the months of yes Iowa. yeah <laughs> we're not doing well with the black folks <laughs> <laughs> damn, <it, laughs> damn it damn it what are we gonna do <laughs> the oh. computer doesn't lie exactly exactly <laughs>
2: poor Pete not I mean no not, I feel no sympathy for him no it's just a, yeah no imagine? fuck that guy. <laughs> I uh, my Fuck favorite him. if we as a brief aside my favorite thing there's so many funny things about the Buttigieg, uh twenty twenty presidential campaign the least uh, the least of which I think is when they staged that whole auditorium if you can light up an auditorium you can light up oh. you can light up a town which was just <sighs> oh, essentially Jesus. a, co- a copy paste of a, of a Barack Obama speech as oh well oh my
1: god that was like what. <sighs> Was there ever a point where like you thought Pete Buttigieg was gonna win?
2: No, I never thought for a second that he was going to win.
0: I think only Pete Buttigieg fans thought and supported. I've never that he met
2: a Pete Butgev fan. And they were doing that like fun little dance to high high hopes. Have for you ever rhythm.
1: met have you ever met a Pete fan?
2: I'm be- well,
0: I don't know if he is anymore, but uh yeah. i I'm like close friends with
2: I, had some, I uh, guess a former Pete Buttigieg stan. I, <laughs> I had some family members who were conservative. Okay, I can who get are, that. Who were like fans of Pete. I what? can
1: get being like a conservative and like who who like wants to prove that they don't hate gay people yeah. and like that they don't like <laughs> Trump. <laughs> yeah. And so say, they're like, I like Pete. Like Pete's a good one.
2: I, I would say that like conservative family members who are like very Reagan-esque voting for like and signaling their intent to vote for Pete Buttigieg is a perfect distillation of like liberal identity politics. Pete
1: Buttigieg was like exactly what an eighty-year-old would want somebody his age to be. Yeah. Yes. And so, exactly. And so I think I I think that was like a tweet or something, uh, but it's definitely like it definitely anymore. like I feel like that was his entire platform. Yeah.
0: I don't made- identify anymore as a uh, millennial, but <laughs> I do think that that voting base is important. I'm surprised he didn't like important. go straight for his and- campaign.
1: He's somebody, <laughs> if he was asked, have you ever smoked marijuana? And he said no, I would believe him. I would I would be like, okay, you're not, you're not <laughs> yeah. bullshitting. You're he's, not bullshitting. Yes. He's, he's, he, ne- he- he's never been invited. Exactly. <laughs> like He can be um. like, I have never, I haven't even uh, been in contact with it in my entire life. As
0: a... Uh, growing up in the '90s, uh, right after uh, the Reagan era, <laughs> all I can say is that I've just said no
1: to no, drugs. I just said no to drugs. So, thank you, Pete Buttigieg, for being <laughs> the uh, the spur, the spur, the the springboard that launches us into this wonderful film. And if you're listening, watched. Pete, I yeah. just
2: want you to know deeply from the bottom of our
1: hearts, we Fuck mean you.
2: we mean everything we just said. Including yes. <laughs> that. Eat shit. <laughs> all ready yeah. for me to
1: open this up yeah open this shit crack oh, yeah. it open cracking it spread open it. spread it spread it <laughs> crack it open and spread. <laughs> crack it open and spread it <laughs> cold with the boys. cold boys
2: greetings comrades you're listening to ghost kino a podcast about cinema socialism and shit posting i am one of your esteemed armchair revolutionaries connor beckett joined as always by my uh my siblings in arms astro and era how's it going what's yes.
1: up what's up um you know, Astro just chilling here. Um, it's warming up now. It is it's, warming up. It's it's heating up. The uh, oceans are getting high. It's a it's a, it's a wonderful time in the city right now. It's, yeah, think it's, it's nice to like be able to um, like actually see shit happening in the streets and like just like see like little events and stuff like that. It, yeah, it's it's a, it's a nice it's a nice. This is gonna be a, a chill summer, I think. It's uh, a
2: super great month to
1: get a rainbow frap from Starbucks. <laughs> How much um, would that even that's like <laughs> two 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 hours of my paycheck for it to get to pay this. <laughs> uh <laughs> or also, I could just get it in bit. I would need to start I my my goal in the next month is to buy some like Bitcoin because it just crashed recently. I had a friend who just lost um a lot of money on it, and it was very, it was very humorous to see. Am I, am oh no, I, am, am, am I don't. I he, de- he deserved it. I don't. I don't care. It was very funny to see <laughs> that money go away.
2: So like I lost it all, and I'm like, Yeah, no shit, you idiot. Yeah, I've seen a 10% depreciation in my my crypto or holdings over this past. Uh, oh this past month. shit! How Wait, much do you, you have? Really, in, how much do you have in do crypto? Do you really have Not, cryptocurrency? I don't have. I don't own enough uh, cryptocurrency. Like, like I'd admit that on a radio show. Mm-hmm. I, I yeah. How to, much? What are your assets, right? now yeah (laughs) that's that's between what's your net uh what is
0: your
1: network was it (laughs) in it was it a big enough like loss that you felt it or was it like inconsequential i was pissed but Uh, i was like whatever i made i tripled my money actually recently um i made a uh a a small little investment into amc when the whole gamestop stock thing was going on Mm. and i invested into amc and i kept holding and i kept holding And I just was informed today. I tripled my money as of today, so I sold. You you sold? I did sell. So now you have thirty dollars, I presume, right? No, I have (laughs) I have like three hundred. It's like no yeah, like about like three seventy. Which is like nice for me. That's like that's like half a paycheck off of just doing a meme. So, Cheers, bud, uh, I'm for I'm I'm eating rice and beans is my main. I'm at that kind of economic point in my life. There's a there's a country song where it's like uh, the guy's he's like talking about hitting the road and he's like it's time it's time to start stop eating steak and now eating beans. Can imagine and that's what that's the time of my life I'm in right now.
2: Can imagine someone being like, yeah, I, check, I I I checked out that socialist film podcast you told me about, and they spent the first five minutes talking about cryptocurrency. Well i'm just
1: telling y'all it's a bad idea so i'm telling Mamas you all you the- don't
2: raise your children <laughs> exactly cowboys. uh era how are you what's going on what's going on
1: hello
0: it is i era uh yeah uh hello friends enemies frenemies um counter-revolutionaries yeah counter-revolutionaries uh manchurian candidates Poop cia op- operatives crypto bros um, infiltrators crypto bros tax evaders uh, <laughs> Bootage edge fans uh yeah i'm doing uh, pretty good i've i've been like really tired lately which is weird or not necessarily tired but like uh after work at some random point in the afternoon i'll just like take A nap. Like yesterday, I took like a three-hour nap. That sounds nice. Uh, Nice. Today was like I had to pause this movie halfway through today, and like because I was like just kind of dozing, and I was like, Mm -hmm. "This is not good." So I just like put it on pause, and then like I think I I took a nap. That one was probably like an hour,
1: Mm -hmm. but uh.
0: But I'm doing pretty good, though. Yeah. Yeah. Can't complain.
2: Uh, Uh, You're mossy for the podcast recording uh, for this week's
1: discussion of the 1973. 73. I think it's 72. Maybe it was made in 72, but I think it was released in 73, at least according to IMDb. The 1973 film, The Spook Who Sat by the Door. Is uh, that? Yes. Yes. I think it, yeah. Shot in 72. Released in 73. Directed by, by I, Ivan Ivan Dixon. Dixon, I was trying to say Dixon. Like, <laughs> right. Let's let's try it again. <laughs> in In your now. Directed, Directed by, by Ivan, Ivan Dixon. Dixon. Oh, Dixon. what a king. What a king. Excellent. This
2: Yeah, so Era, you recommended this, this film. So you you want to you want to you wanna give us a little bit of a personal backstory or yeah. like I guess you've you've already seen this flick or you, you yeah. knew somebody who had seen this. I have never seen this. Had yeah. you before give, give, uh, us, give us a little bit of an introductory, like for people who may not have seen this film or you know, people who may be considering watching this film after listening to this you episode. Should.
0: Yeah. So uh my I first came across this like I've heard of this movie for a while. And um it probably first started to register, uh, at some point in college, unfortunately when, uh, or, or maybe senior year in high school, um, you know, un- unfortunately this movie is still just as relevant as it was when it was made. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, every year when the snow thaws, cops have nothing better to do than go out and shoot black people. Um, mm-hmm so it was, I think, during maybe the Trayvon Martin trials or um, something around there, you know, like, I I would keep seeing this clip. The scene uh, from a movie um, would make its rounds on Left Book. And I'd be like, what is this movie? Like, have I seen, is this from a show? Like, have I seen this before? And it's uh, that famous scene where the um uh the guy visits his uh his friend in the car like three days after the rebellion has started and uh, he, they're yeah. talking about like how the ghetto is the jungle mm-hmm. and uh
1: the one who's like a cop, right, right? Yeah, the, yeah yeah dawson the dawson yeah sorry dawson, dawson.
0: Yeah, yeah um and so, uh, so that's kind of how I first came really to know this movie. And then once I started organizing, um, in college, uh, I had some comrades who were like spook who sat by the door, fucking amazing film. One of the most revolutionary in American cinema, like gotta watch it. Mm-hmm. Flash forward to uh, moving my sister into Syracuse um three and a half years ago, maybe now. Um and she had a few she has a few copies of this on D V D. And uh Oh that's rad. As, Multiple yeah, per-
1: copies. That's so cool. That's so cool. Well, well it's
0: like burnt yeah. They're like burnt you know, like the Oh the burnt Mick- yeah, like it's yeah, like, like a like, burned copy. Or I whatever. love that. But I, that's even better. It's even more revolutionary. It's dope. Yeah, right. Yeah. That's so awesome. So uh so uh so yeah, perks of helping move my sister in uh was able to get hold of a copy and uh flash forward again to I think last year actually was the first time I, I sat down and watched all of it in one sitting mm-hmm. and um, just changed everything really and uh you know we were kind of talking about infiltrators jokingly a little bit like with dune last Mm -hmm. week Mm -hmm. uh you all should listen to that episode (laughs) by the way
2: uh listen to all the episodes
1: listen
0: to all of them just listen to all of them one sitting (laughs) and and uh but yeah so i thought it would fit in with the you know actually like uh speaking of infiltration but using it in a revolutionary productive way, but also like that still fits in, like I mentioned earlier, unfortunately, like this movie is just as relevant and important, uh, as it was when it was made. And, And so I think every single American citizen, uh, or national or expat or, or what have you needs to sit down and watch this movie it's f- uploaded for free on facebook or not facebook fucking it's uploaded for free on youtube yep. uh the tube of that's where we watched it that's and- where
2: astro and i watched it it's and rad.
0: so uh yeah it's uh so yeah it's available for free you should just fucking watch it just do it and it's amazing
1: yeah i concur <laughs> it is rad is as rad as fuck um
0: I forget how like truly amazing this is and I... how like maddening maddeningly uh relative it is. You know, just like thinking of the scene where it's like right as you know, it's right after the black gentleman gets shot and so people are obviously organizing in the streets um about to protest and and they're pissed off and uh it, it it escalates literally due to the cops and it's like i feel like you know there's a lot of points during this movie where i feel like uh, like i i've just seen this yesterday mm-hmm. but it's like you know fucking updated to 2021 uh so so
1: yeah yeah tactics and policing you have not really um at
2: all progressed
1: if not digressed since then
2: yeah i want to say just echo everything that everyone said already which is this film is rad as fuck i was thinking back to when we were talking about uh the creation of ashes and diamonds which is you know subversively a very anarchist film as we discussed um (laughs) And in Astro, you said that there was no way for that film to have been made if it were inherently anti communist mm-hmm. I think it is still it's still very wild that this
1: film was made in i think 73. it's more bizarre that this film exists yes yeah like from when it well, from that time like it's pretty insane that something like that was made be
0: well weird. they they d- and i, I f- was reading it earlier, and it was before I was dozing off so i I may mis be misremembering, but didn't they like tried not to distribute this or like they low-key distributed this and like then they eventually pulled it I think like this was had a turbulent post-production I
1: I think like they ended up like at some point it's main screenings were like in like uh, Europe I think
2: that is my understanding as well yeah I think that uh, the one thing I was thinking about like about what this film is that and and Astra you mentioned this when we were watching. This is that it is like, in some ways, like, uh, could be seen as like the fever dream of like what like a lot of white America was thinking about during, mm-hmm. um, uh, th- like I would say in the wake of the civil rights era and the pr- and progress that was made for Black Americans, mm-hmm. but at the same time, there's no, s- th- there's no sense of like like really like aesthetic shock value to what is going on in many ways. Mm-hmm. I think I think. That if you watch this film and you come away from it, it I think it's, it's difficult. I, it's, obvi- it's obviously easy for us with with our own existent politics yeah. to walk away from this film and say, yeah, that shit was rad as fuck. But I think it's like, I think even if you are like a little center left, if you walk away from this film, if you walk away from the lessons that um, are being expounded, sort of the political theory that is at the center of this film and you don't look at the—and you, and you view the actions as wholly unjustifiable, then your your political compass is broken beyond belief.
1: Yeah, or, well, yes. I feel like this will, this movie would be a litmus test for that. You know what I was just thinking about? Um, I don't—I feel like we should do, like, a, a little, like, essentially, like, a synopsis or something, because I realize we don't really do that, and some people don't even know what this movie is about, at least, like, a, a little basic about what this movie is about.
2: Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. So, this yeah. movie— Or I guess I'll just go. Yeah, Yeah, please do. Uh, So this is actually a book, another um, adaptation we have on at least three weeks straight uh, on our program. Right. Uh, A book that was adapted into a movie. And basically the gist is there's this uh, black radical who infiltrates the CIA and has the perfect quote unquote the perfect amount of like brains and athleticism to pass all of these tests that the CIA throws at him uh much to their chagrin cuz they really don't want to integrate at all um they end up hiring him and at first they put him in the basement then they move him uh, whenever they have tour groups. They make him a tour guide. But then they have him in reception. And then becomes like this personal part of this guy. Uh, the director's personal staff. And then uh, after working at the CIA for five years. Leaves to become a social worker in Chicago. And start revolution. Basically. Exactly. And then, uh, you know, the... And, you know... Uh, I mentioned, you know, a black gentleman gets shot, and that kind of ignites the revolution. And then this movie ends uh, with the revolution spreading to at least what eight or ten other major cities uh, in the U.S. New Orleans, yeah, Philadelphia, 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 New York, York. uh, and uh, yeah, it ends with like the president. Declaring a national, a state of national emergency, or, or whatever the
1: fuck, mm-hmm. you know. And there's generally some people who like viewed that ending as like, oh no. <laughs> <laughs> people were state like, oh emer- shit, I know. Oh no, fuck. that's scary. And I'm like, hell yeah, yeah.
2: I would say after like, burn one, it all down, yeah. literally. <laughs> after uh, I'd say our our last dip into uh, black radical thought with Judas and the Black Messiah, which has mm. a depressing ending. That you know, I think anybody with any sort of acquaintance with that particular story like sees coming my way, away yeah. uh, I saw the, I, you know I saw the end of this film and I was like good for them that's like finally a happy yeah, ending yeah no it's like definitely
1: yeah. the, the fantasy best case scenario <laughs> exactly but yeah. and I love how uh, his death is
0: ambiguous like we don't even know if he fucking de- like he probably no. does But uh, at least in the movie, it's like ends pretty ambiguously. Well, yeah.
1: And I feel like that's because the ending, the revolution wasn't his character. It was about the ideas of his character. And so what happened to him doesn't even really matter. Yeah. And they emphasize... Oh, we keep
0: we keep saying him, by the way. His name's Dan Freeman, which is like, fucking Freeman. awesome. Like, Freeman. And like, of
2: course, yes. right on there. <laughs> Played by Lawrence Cook, who is cool as fuck
1: in nah. this whole movie. Oh, he is cool as a cucumber in this. Well, th-
0: very cool. Even after uh, getting shot.
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, fuck yeah. He's like... Aah! He's like, yo. He's literally just I had chilled, to do
0: like, it. It's almost like he like just fucking... I don't. I don't even know. It's like nothing happened to him. It's like he gets shot, and he's like, and "Is then, that the best you can do?" And now he's like, oh, "And
1: yeah. he's just chill throughout the entire scene. He's cool. He's yeah, cool. one of the coolest protagonists we've gotten in a while. Oh, fuck
0: yeah.
2: Yeah, I think from like, uh, so I have a lot of a lot of thoughts about just the ideology of this film, and I and I side with most of what oh, this yeah. film is saying. I was thinking, just in, from a position of organizing. So you have the cobras that are being led. By Freeman, uh, he's organizing, teaching uh, guerrilla warfare, uh, restating over and over the emphasis of a decentralized chain of command, essentially, um, while at the same time maintaining a, a large degree of rank and order. And I would say that that you know that is the modus operandi for revolution that is presented throughout this film. And it and the only time that that's contrasted against I would say any sort of other left-leaning organizational tactics uh, comes towards the tail end of this film when the riot breaks out against the police and there's a degree of pandemonium. And I felt like that those two tactics are kind of presented uh, in in some ways like alongside each other and as and also kind of contrarily to one another because the immediate scene after that riots you have other members of the cobra you have one you have another member of the cobras confronting freeman and saying that this is the time to strike and he says no wait there's kind of a process to this mm-hmm. and i and it's like it only happens for a yeah. second but i was thinking about that just in terms of you know wider discussions within the big tent left as it relates to organizing and i was wondering if either of y'all had any and any sort of supplementary thoughts to that
1: well that I think, like, that specifically, you know, him refusing to, like, have this be some kind of launch attack or something is the idea of, like, when it comes to organization of, like, riots being just disorganized, chaotic energy that has no... That is not being... That is purely being fueled by emotions and not by rationale and ideology. Mm -hmm. And so I feel like that kind of goes in line with the whole idea of like the success of his movement was him being able to like not just harness the people's emotions, but wait in order to like actually have people understand what they're trying to do and what they're fighting for. Exactly.
2: And that's kind of why I saw this film, you know, obviously there there's a very strong anarchist lens to it. But, it it, is, but but I I would definitely let me finish. Let me finish. Oh, I'm sorry. Say, okay. Sorry. I was gonna say, but but, okay. but 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 that sort of like uh, every sort of organizational tactic that we see throughout the bulk of this film resonated with me as very
1: Maoist. I was gonna say I didn't I, I okay. did not think this is an anarchist film. I thought yeah. this was definitely no. Very this Maoist. is de-
0: uh, definitely not an anarchist film. Mm-hmm. Uh, in fact, I think it's very staunchly. Uh, communist and for me Marxist-Leninist you, Connor mentioned that it, uh, actually the organizational structure of the Cobras is, is very decentralized. To me this is a textbook example uh, the hierarchy or uh, the the structure that the Cobras have is very much democratic centralism mm-hmm. where there's opportunities for the democracy of like open debate Um, people you know uh, coming up to freeman and even openly together all all at once like um, trying to figure out how to move forward or whatever but then the centralism of like uh, in the example you you one of you just said like no we're gonna wait before we attack and i think uh part of that is like uh and then they uphold that they uphold the decision to wait. And I think uh, in line with all of what um, uh, Astro was just saying, I think part of the decision to wait too is like uh, the, a problem with uh, the U S left is like, there's a lot of uh, unscientific organizations and uh, a lot of disorganization I should say, and a lot of chaos and uh, amidst that you have accelerationists and opportunists exactly, um, exactly. and 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 there's no uh, not that fucking Marxism Leninism is the immortal science which fucking it is, but like <laughs> uh, but like um, you know it, it's like things have to be rooted not just like what decisions have to be made not just where the people are at but but also rooted in past experience and theory
2: mm.
1: well yeah and that's
0: where the science and, and just to go on a little tangent like when people fucking say like marxism socialism kind of whatever anarchism like isn't scientific no it fucking is you fucking idiots shut who the says fuck it's up. not
2: scientific uh, um, people with pea brains like fucking understandings of like anything about anarchism or marxism. People are like What's uh
0: it's uh social studies or what it's history or theory it's not uh, fucking a science. It's liberal
1: art and it's like no, shut the fuck up, you academic. Well, I mean it's like it's yeah. I guess, Sorry, I, I, but, guess but, but I, anyway, I guess I guess yeah. I don't understand well what you said. mean by like a like a, like a science I guess like what do he you mean by judge would say it's not a science well, what do you How about
2: mean well, yeah. what, what what do you what, mean a- by a science era if I could extrapolate on what what I think you're saying is that it, like I think era what era is trying what era is saying is that there is you know with with the with the right degree of organization that like you know we've seen historical precedents for the type of movement the type of organization yes. the type mm-hmm. of revolutionary actions mm-hmm. in this film succeed. Time and time again, Mm -hmm. and and, in that sense, Eric is saying that the that these types of organisational tactics, when done right, Mm -hmm. yes, when done correctly, when done with a degree of uh, rank and file Mm -hmm. and discipline, um, are successful. That's Mm -hmm. what makes it scientific. Yeah. Oh, I see. Exactly. It's
1: like a
0: a hypothesis. I see. I see. A better society. I see. And then fucking the Russian Revolution would, uh, and uh, what you know, like just as a random example, like I
2: see. Yeah. Speaking of the Russians, real quick, I um, <laughs> another sort of uh, oh yes. Another, <laughs> Speaking of the Russians, it another, all very, comes, another very another very funny parallel between this film and our contemporary and era is uh, is the inability of the of white liberals to see dissent in America as anything yes. other than. Uh, false flag action by the, the KGB or I mean, the, the Russian or the the Russian Federation or the USSR. Incredible. There's always another boogeyman like larking, larking,
1: One yeah. of our own citizens couldn't be responsible for this. No one hates America you this fucking much know. here. It it's, it's obviously a Russian communist budget prop. <laughs> not one of our own people couldn't hate us this much.
0: Era, like not this. only that, not only that, but uh, specifically as it relates to this movie. Uh, And and even within the Black Lives Matter movement um, today and and with the Black Panthers, it's like uh, there's that very uh, like um, the word paternalistic is coming to mind, but I don't know if that's the right word I want to use where the guy is like, uh, you know, Black people, no, none of the, like, he was basically saying, like, black people aren't smart enough to do this or organize oh, yeah, or, yeah, or yeah, be yeah, on yeah. their own. Oh,
1: definitely. Definitely. Mm-hmm. And, like,
0: and it's t- obviously t- a Russian. That's why I'm
1: surprised agitator. they didn't, like, draw the connection quicker that one of their CIA guys moved back to uh, Chicago. I feel like they would have, one of the first black people to work in the CIA moving to Chicago, and then, like, a year later, massive organized guerrilla warfare breaks out you would be like, "Hmm, how could that happen?"
2: Well, the, well, there is a point in the film where they they the CIA makes a concerted effort to tap Freeman's phones, mm-hmm. and he still slips yeah. under. Yeah, I their know radar. that's
0: what's insane. That's what's fucking
2: amazing. That's what your tax tech dole- tech so dollars good. are paying for, right there. Yeah, I know exactly. Failed phone tapping. Failed phone tapping. Yeah, it's always the Russians. It's always the Russians. <laughs> it's-
1: Always the Russians. And that's the moral of this film. That's what the CIA is trying to tell you.
2: Yeah. I want to pivot for a second if we can talk about, I want to say a take that this film makes that uh, I think would make a lot of, uh, maybe not a lot, but some people I would say within the contemporary uh, pro, like protest movement, pe- folks who are aligned with Black Lives Matter, perhaps like slightly uncomfortable, is the discussion and and the, fr- the framing of other Black people as the perpetuators of state violence. Hmm. And what do you mean? Can you can, wait? Can you say that? Yeah, here? elaborate. Now I'm talking about um, the quotes specifically from Freeman at the end of this film, where he talks about there being a whole lot of other Dawsons out there. Essentially, uh, um, the idea gotcha. that like the idea that other people of color can be complacent in you know white the the upholding of white supremacy vis-a-vis uh the states that Mm -hmm. is you know uh, ostensibly like that makes sense to anybody who i think is like even mildly acquainted with marxism leninism or any sort of like anarchist text but that i think probably and i and it's it's a statement i wholly agree with but it's something that i feel like a lot of left-leaning folks today kind of dance around and I thought it was pretty, pretty fucking rad that that was a statement that this film made pretty explicitly in
1: 1973. Well, yeah, I definitely. Well, I thought it was very interesting because, like, as radical as the film was, and as like, um, as just controversial as it was for its time, and I feel like even would even if it was made today it would be controversial. But I was like very surprised with how radical and violent the politics where there's at that one point though where he's talking with that one character who says he hates white people and he says like you have to have more than a hatred of white people you have this can't be f- yes fueled on your hatred this scene. has to be a love for freedom mm, yes. and i thought that that was a very interesting thing to say in such a black militant film and like, i feel like it was, a, that, it was a very interesting facet of it there's a lot of well, points in this film that really surprised me it was very interesting well
0: if i could add on to that uh I mean, that's, we've seen that, like, in history, just Mm -hmm. like uh, leaders and and other revolutionary figures, like uh, Ernesto Che Guevara famously said, like, the one, to paraphrase, because I'm going to butcher the quote, but it's Mm -hmm. like, to paraphrase, uh, the one quality revolutionaries must possess is these great feelings of love.
1: mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. So that... You know, this love of one another, love of uh, civilization to know that we can move above where we are now.
1: Exactly. Mm-hmm. Because hatred is just like, hatred is just, a rea- it's, it's a reactionary emotion. It's reactionary. Yeah, it's yeah. a reactionary emotion. Even if it's justified, it's still a reactionary yes. emotion. And it's not saying that your hatred is not justified, but have your actions be motivated by love
2: and also that's that centers the conflict of of this film and the conflict that we see in the united states today it's it's Mm -hmm. not you know obviously like you know i don't fault anybody who was out in the streets in june specifically people of color for you know harboring a degree of disdain against white people as a general concept like Mm -hmm. but but the but the motivations for Freedom. The motivations for revolutionary struggle are, are not. It's it's based around this this idea of, of emancipation from yeah. emancipation from state violence, mm-hmm. uh, emancipation from disenfranchisement. Like it's not, and it and, and and that quote specifically, like I think speaks to, you know, perhaps the reticent white liberal who is watching this film, mm-hmm. who might view these actors as acting from a place of hate against like white people. It 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 is it, it they are actions that are motivated not by hate but by a desire for freedom. Exactly. A desire for for you know uh
1: holistic revolution. Mm-hmm. No, exactly. It's like Yeah, I don't even know. It was it, it didn't it, I thought it was very tactfully done how I did it and it because did, it didn't also play off of like being like some white people are good and stuff like that because yeah. that would have been so bad it, doesn't, it wasn't like uh, that it was uh, just yeah. like it was just like what are you really fighting for are you fighting because yes. are you fighting because you're you're just spiteful and anger or are you fighting because you love something and you love the people around you and you want just you want freedom and you want everyone to be free. Mm-hmm. And that is what the true universe... Like, that is when, what a revolution can happen, is when people are united by this more universal cause.
2: Yeah. I think uh, if I can go off on a tangent real quick. Go off I it. I was just thinking about, like, universalist... Do it. Uh, y- like, you know, wherever there is there is oppression, there is, there is struggle, there is resistance. And I was thinking about... Um, the universality of of occupation by this by a state actor whether it's internal occupation or external occupation if you will mm-hmm. and it's specifically the, the the conversation between freeman and dawson that happens in this film's fifth act where where uh, freeman says you cannot cage people and expect them not to fight back talks about the state being there to protect property and not lives and how mm-hmm. in in his quote about folks living in Chicago in in black Chicago. He says these people are always under colonization Um, and that is uh, Getting back to the science. I think it's just something I was thinking about uh, and and the reactions from like uh, Like liberals or the state against that violence and being like how can you be violent? This is just there's a way that we can solve this that doesn't involve violence like we could we can talk through our feelings There's no need to riot that sort of bullshit that you hear that you hear every time any sort of like rowdy protest emerges anywhere in the United States um and it's also the rhetoric that we've seen uh as it relates to what's been happening in Palestine more specifically like most recently yes. mm-hmm. i think that, that that is the whole central narrative of this bullshit and i'm not you know i'm just i'm not saying anything new here but it's just like this is like the conversations that happen in this film specifically as it relates to state occupation and state-led violence and the reaction of people who are always under colonization against that violence mm-hmm. um are uh f- fucking true in 73 they're fucking true today mm-hmm. yeah <sighs> it makes it, it it makes me exhausted just to talk about it but uh you know like well like i said you know well and like what you were saying astro it's like wherever there is that that specter of violence from the state you know there, there are always people who have, who have hope for a better mm-hmm. world, that, and which is the motivating factor behind all
1: revolutionary action. Now, tying into this, though, I also thought it was interesting too because the film briefly touches upon one of the darker elements, Actually, like as dark as the film is, one of the even more darker elements of the film, which is the fact, you know, this is a revolutionary cause and all that jazz, and it's good, but what is it? Dawson ever points out most of the people doing this fighting and being recruited are children or like teenagers. And it's these kids being essentially being raised to be soldiers and stuff like that. And there has been like, I saw there was like some, there was like some speech or something I saw like killer Mike do or something. Talk about like that, where it's like people, there's a lot of, uh, like a lot of different there at least in like atlanta he was talking about there was a lot of different like black radical movements or like a black nationalist movements in atlanta that would recruit young people and like get in these street wars and just have them killed and it's like you can't be prepared for a revolution and just be sending off kids to do these things to enforce your ideologies and i so i did i it, it made me quite it made me go into the whole like fact of like like how fucked up just the concept of just war is in general. And this film definitely, this film like just feels like two like just two different factions at war almost. More than like more so than just like a single incident. And it truly reminds me of just a lot of the true horror of war, which is that we just send off our young people to die, whether it's for a righteous cause or not. It's like people who truly are innocent in this whole thing on and just having to die for it it's just it's very it's very incredibly sad
2: yeah i mean the only Uh, counter that i would make to that is just that the the state kills children indiscriminately of course of course of course
1: of course
0: children are brought in uh against their will of course i think i think uh my not necessarily counter to to what you're saying astro would be that there's a certain way to go about like, there's a line between like children's soldiers, uh, Coney 2012 and, um, and, uh, just like bringing kids into a movement, educating them, but in a way in which, uh, they're positively supporting the community and keeping kids off the streets away from, uh, well, you know, I I, I mean, I, due I, to I, capitalism, uh, becoming uh drug drug uh, dealers or or getting involved in uh like other other stuff, it's I, like I like that's kind of what the Black Panthers were doing. Was like we're gonna give kids free food, and then also like teach them anti-imperialist history and and culture, and teach them to love themselves. I know, Um, but also you didn't see. But they didn't fucking have kids in the streets either.
1: I mean, they didn't. Black Panthers wasn't a guerrilla warfare faction. It didn't. It wasn't. It wasn't at all involved in any kind of massive conflict. No,
0: right. But I'm saying like there's there's a line. Oh
1: no, and I totally I totally understand. I understand it. And it's like, but I definitely think it's like a harsh truth and a reality that needs to be reckoned with. Like in regards uh, to uh, all yeah, war, yeah, yeah, like yeah, as absolutely. an anarchist, like I'm just, I'm an anti-war. I'm a pacifist. And so just the idea of like, just acknowledging the sacrifices that many, that, that, that are, that are happened, that happen in the process of this liberation. And it's just, it, 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 it brings me so much, and it happens on all ends because it's the same thing with the U.S. military, where we essentially just use our high school dropouts and people trying to pay for college as our cannon fodder. And it's just like we just sending people off to kill or die for 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 things that don't even that they're not even causing. You know, it's just like I don't know. It's a damn shame. And I think, and I guess, like I feel like. I feel like that's always something that it's not, it's not, um, it's not against the point of, it's just an idea of just acknowledging that that's like, you know, that's a very, just, we're just, just acknowledging the fact of, I don't know what I'm trying to say. It was just a, it it was just something that really, really was something that really impacted me, I guess. I think, well, I go ahead. If I could just
0: say real quick too, uh, I, I think now also, uh, would be, a great time if we haven't already mentioned it in previous episodes like uh, I think it's very important to mention the fact that it's like right now with this current discussion is like we're three white people who have no idea the hell that black indigenous and people of color uh go through and are put through on a 24/ 7 day to day 365 basis true this fucking country I
1: me mean, of course. There's no way to understand that unless you live that experience.
2: I think yeah. circling back to what you were just saying, Astro, it's, you know, it it is obviously like nobody likes to think about, everyone wants to think about the omelet. Nobody mm-hmm. wants to think about the fact that, the, you know, as the old adage goes, the necessitation of an ideology omelet is the is the breaking of a few eggs. Of course. And, you know, the questions that we have to ask ourselves, I think, as... You know, revolutionaries as leftists as as anarchists as communists. You know, again, big tent um, is similar to the question that Freeman implores of his comrades at this at the end of this film, mm-hmm. um, which is the sacrifices that are necessary for revolution, and the idea that a better world is possible. And the fact that those sacrifices happen concurrently with the sacrifices that global capitalism presents at its own altar on a daily basis, mm-hmm. whether it's in the global south or whether it's as a process of internal colonization, mm-hmm. you know on both ends I don't think that I don't think anyone can really perceive of uh it's it i think it is it's difficult for us to imagine the type of worlds that we would ideally like to live in manifesting as a consequence of nonviolence.
1: I mean, that will never happen. That will never happen. They're, like at least in this current day and age. And I, and I definitely acknowledge that, like that there's no way to have a revolution in the current state that is violence. You can't, you can't, at least at, at this point of American consciousness, there's no way to fight the violence of the state with nonviolence. Right. But,
0: and, well, there's also uh, a great, who if you either either of you or, uh, our listeners haven't yet, uh, I would highly recommend, um, uh, Googling Peter Gelderloose yes. who's written a lot of great stuff on nonviolence, particularly, or maybe most famously how nonviolence protects the state. Because when we get into discussions about violence or nonviolence, then it just becomes fucking, uh, you know like totally irrelevant like what like what are your parameters for defining violence and what it just becomes like this big philosophical circle jerk that really makes no sense well i think the longer you have that discussion
1: i think i'm not saying because like as someone who's as someone who's a pacifist, I don't see anything in this film as unjustified. And I see it as, but I I see them as consequences of action and it's like it's the the exact consequences of the actions I expect and it entails a lot of destruction and lost lives on both sides and I acknowledge that and that it brings a better future. But I, I still think that we shouldn't we shouldn't look away from the uglier parts of those things is what I'm saying. Oh, absolutely not. That's what yeah, I'm yeah, saying yeah. where it's like, I accept that, that not that violence is necessary in regards to revolutionary, but I also won't accept that. I won't morally forget that something that there are things that are morally and ethically just not cool or not are just are upsetting. And mm-hmm. it's all right. Yeah. To, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's, valid. And, That's fair. That's and, very valid. And, and live with them because if we don't understand, because the goal of understanding these things is so in the future we can develop ways over time, over time of correcting, correcting things that we could do better by, by erasing the things and perfecting, perfecting ways that we communicate change throughout the country. So eventually, yeah. maybe someday in the future, violence won't be necessary. And so... But I feel, and so that requires constant introspection and reflection on, yeah. on the self. And that doesn't mean like a revolution can do things, as you said, that like you got to crack some eggs to make an omelet, but it's like, you can't discard, you, you don't just forget about the fact that you crack some eggs, you know, yeah, remember, of remember, and it's yeah, yeah, like, yeah. understand, understand the weight of that, you know, right. yeah, I, that yeah. people are just more than cannon fodder, you know, it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't don't view, you know, don't view the people fighting these revolutionaries as just the same way the U.S. military views its soldiers where it's like these are people. Yeah. These are people. Yeah, and we like, got to make a distinction. Exactly. Yeah. yeah absolutely. And that and like, which, that's just something that was like very pertinent to me. That's all.
0: Which I think uh, if I could just real quick tie in with Judas and the Black Messiah and Fred Hampton, like mm-hmm. we got to constantly every single day, every single moment make a distinction between the pigs and the people and the people are not the pigs. Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Exactly. And it's just like every single person's an individual. And I mean, and that's not to say, I don't think that this character or any of these revolutionary leaders like view, view their view. They view them as like, as family as like, I mean, it's the love is oh, there. Yeah. yeah. But, well, all I'm saying is just reflecting on those sacrifices of people, of the, of the people who, yeah. It's just that's what I was saying. Is well, that I it's, think I see what you're trying to say. Yeah, all I'm saying because it, oh, sorry, sorry. go ahead. Well, yeah, like all I'm saying is that it's just the the great the greatest tragedy of this all is that like it's the children and the youngest people who end up with the most death and loss. And that's all, it's always like, like being a young black person in America is one of the worst demographic, like most like unsafe demographics with police in the world. And it's just like the people who face the most brutality are people who haven't even like gotten to experience their full life yet. And that's, that's yeah. like what I'm trying to say is like, that's like, yeah. it's, a, it's a tragedy and it's a tragedy that the revolutions have to be fought by able-bodied people in this, in that time. Cause like I said, you know, how are you going to get a bunch of 40 year olds and 50 year olds carrying bazookas <laughs> and shit like that? Like obviously, <laughs> yeah. you know, if you're going to yeah. fight the police and fight the army, you got to have young trained fit people. And I get that, but it's like, it, it's still acknowledging the tragedy that they're, that they're kids and that, it's it's a damn shame that we live in an existence that requires requires children to fight, but that just fu- that fuels the whole idea that we fight for a future where this doesn't have to happen anymore. Exactly, right. and I
0: think uh, a moment, even though it's uh, about an adult's death, I mm-hmm. think this moment or, or a moment that could be like encapsulated by exactly what you're saying, Astro, is when. Um, freeman's comrades come in at the very end and it's like whoa like you just killed doth like that's Mm -hmm. your boy that's Mm -hmm. your homie yeah like you Mm -hmm. you grew up to get any and then that's where we get into the uh a point i think connor either we already made earlier or was possibly trying to make was like uh the role that black indigenous and people of color play in state terror Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. is that Mm
2: hmm. So. Yeah. And and one of the like the wider points, I would say the, the the takeaway ideological stance that Freeman makes at the end of this film,
1: I thought that this film was very wonderful. And also, going back to just the original thing, I thought it was very wonderful how this film really explored not just, you know, the romantic and uh, glorified aspects of revolution, but explored the more emotionally and morally difficult, I feel like parts of it very well. Yes. the, the humanity. Yeah, exactly. Kinds. I thought it was a very humanistic film. Yeah.
2: I think uh yeah. We're we're rounding the hour mark now. Um era it seems like you're about to make uh make another point.
0: Yeah. Uh I need I can't record this episode and not mention the fucking fantastic Herbie Hancock. I can't yes. believe I forgot to yes. say something. I about don't know that. why we did that. Oh didn't my god. I like god screamed. God damn, his name came on the as screen. As soon here. as the music started playing at the beginning, I was like, okay, I know that, like, I was like, is it Herbie Hancock? Like, I think it's Herbie. Because I remembered, like, the first time mm-hmm. watching the movie being completely surprised and taken away. Mm-hmm. But then, uh, but yeah, and then I see his name on the screen. I'm like, fuck.
1: Yes. Yeah, Kills it. I, I just remember like being, so good. I, I, I definitely was immediately struck by the music, but I was just like, damn, this is really good. Like whoever they picked from like the random Hollywood stock composer was really good this day. And, and, then it's, <laughs> it and it's Herbie Hancock, Hancock. Yeah, And I was I'm like, like Shit! fucking Jazz
2: master Man, oh. <laughs> Herbie Hand. Um, yeah, I think as just, uh, an addendum to, we, we've been focusing like a lot about, uh, Revolutionary action through violence, uh, specifically, but I do think that this film does make you know a couple of like points about you know the fact that any that this type of organization um, also involves a degree of nonviolence as well too, mm-hmm. and and using yeah. tactics that um, that Era has already uh, very astutely pointed out were similar to that of the Panthers. This idea of community organizing, community provision. Looking out for, looking out for others in your community rather than your own self-interest first mm-hmm. and foremost, which is I think, uh, very important. And beyond that, it also talks about, uh, you know, economic leverage as well too, which I think you know often mm-hmm. gets written off, um, rightfully so. I, th- I would say in most cases as like a pretty liberal action that you can take. Um, economic but, leverage is, sucks when it's the sole thing you use yes yeah but but this discussion that they have uh, between the suits towards the end where they talk about uh, instituting a degree of lockdown in uh, in Chicago's black neighborhoods essentially bringing the city to a standstill because yeah. because this this state neoliberal capitalism relies upon um, often underpaid mm-hmm. black labor I think mm-hmm. um, this is just, a great point. Yeah. yeah. I th- I just, I, th- I thought there was, well, it was an interesting like sort of, you know, a, a, again, like an, a non, a nonviolent revolutionary tactic. What, you know, not, whether intentional or not, that was inserted towards the tail end of this film that well, I thought was, that I thought was just a nice little, nice little ideological sprinkle on top of this incredible stunt. This well, Sunday. I
1: felt that the group itself also did a couple fair amount of things to try to like separate itself as like a violent group. Like, I remember, like, one of the scenes I really liked was when they set the bomb off in the mayor's office when no one was oh, in there so and funky. stuff, and it reminded me, <laughs> yeah. but that reminded me a lot, I've noticed, of the, uh, the weathermen, and that's what, that, that's what they used to do, where they used to send bombs to, like, banks and shit, but they but would,
0: famously, yeah, I need to add, yeah. in defense of the weathermen, uh, made sure, just like the, of well, the that's cobras what was... in the movie
1: that nobody was well in that, the fucking that, building. Well, that's to begin why I, with. That's why I fucks with the Weathermen. The weathermen S- weren't just fucking killing random people. And shit. Uh,
2: similar tactic was also used by the Irish Republican Army.
1: I'd like to uh, know. They that. also carve bomb yeah. people though too. Okay. Uh, 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 <laughs> yeah, but it was British people. No, first, I mean I wrong. I love the IRA, but I wouldn't <laughs> no. use them as glistening symbols no, of nonviolence. They didn't. They didn't do There's... anything wrong. <laughs> no, they <laughs> didn't. They didn't. I'm totally for it. But. <laughs>
2: Uh perhaps two, yeah perhaps not points. the best example I can. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, era, era. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, yes. Uh,
0: <laughs> go ahead, Era. Two points just real quick. Uh expanding on what Connor was was mentioning uh with this whole scene too where they're picking out like okay, we have three options here and it's like that scene from the Simpsons movie uh which Again.
2: weirdly enough, yeah, I don't know why I keep bringing up the Simpsons this movie new on this Willy podcast. Wonka. <laughs> but uh <laughs> in the sense that we were we were kept going back to Willy Wonka as a as a as an as as somewhat like non-intentionally but strongly yeah. ideological film yeah but <laughs> but it's like that scene
0: uh in the Simpsons movie where it's like we've got five options but there's really only one uh but here in this movie it's three options and you know one of the options yeah is like bringing the city to but like. They completely disregard it because the guy's like, well, we really can't do this because, like, more than half of the state and the city's uh, working class population are black people.
1: Mm -hmm. And, and
0: And the guy, I guess it's a senator or whoever the fuck, like, has that realization, like, oh, shit, like. God damn it oh. God damn it we can uh
2: yeah no we the, the the fact that the state will not opt for a, a pacifist ending to their video game because it means that it brings the cogs of capitalism to a still yeah no, yeah they can't but, do but, that. but
0: then uh there's that slip uh what if we
2: just round them up oh, and concentrate yeah oh, the con- I mean detention the- the camps, the camps. Mm-hmm. wink wink wink, wink. In the, uh, the same sense that we don't have we don't have detention camps at the border anymore. No, we have, we have that, overflow migrant yeah. facilities. Overflow
1: migrant facilities. But then also, that, uh, the cages mice. are gone. Joe did it.
2: We did it, Joe. Yeah, Joe. <laughs>
1: Joe. <laughs> we freed did it, everybody.
0: Joe. Illegal aliens no longer exist. Yeah, <laughs> uh, open but borders. then, uh, something that comes up a, a few times uh, throughout this movie is the positive relationship uh and and just like just like the positivity uh, or the positive view uh this film and the cobras have with sex workers
1: mm. yeah no, and, and the, and, uh, the yeah. relationship
0: the relationship that develops between the sex workers and the cobras and the end of like mm-hmm. uh you know um right as the police and the the people like right after the scene right after, you know, where it's like right before the rebellion starts. And it's like one of the things the guy tells uh, his comrades, it's like, go get some of the women who work around the corner or whatever. And it's like, you know, to usher in uh, these sex workers to help like sway off a lot of these people uh, from, fucking rebelling.
1: I guess uh, have we said, uh, have I've, said I a piece? I've made my peace with this film. This film was pretty rad. Yeah,
2: this is uh I think if you if you want to get a Ghost Kino rating from this, you're not, you know, I know we we're coming off a uh, bit of a stinker or I'd say a split vote from last week's <laughs> episode. Yeah. <a> split <laughs> vote. Uh yeah, if you're going to get a you get a resounding recommendation from everyone on this podcast, watch this fucking yeah. movie. 5 um, stars out of 5. 5 stars. Five are boxed stars. For me. And now we're on to my uh the the our, the our our trailer, the the coming attractions. Uh, Oh, the with. coming attraction oh, fuck yeah now, uh-huh. now, now as a preface i want to say that i had said to astro when we were watching this i was like hey it's you know it's pride month we got to find some cool queer revolutionary cinema oh uh, to please to, as a as a counter to all the rainbow capitalism we're going to be seeing this month and,
1: um uh, oh i have the perfect one I- um um, fingers crossed fingers crossed I don't, I have we no have idea. we can do multiple gay films this month too so oh, like well, if well, you guys gonna, have ga- gonna... if you folks have gay films that you want to do oh, i've got gay yeah films. so like we can do gay films
2: all of jam we can my... watch we can watch call me by your name <laughs> and there's no, <laughs> ga- there's no other there's gay no
0: other there's no other gay movie uh, i do kind of love that movie a
1: lot i've actually never seen it i've never seen it but uh, what's pro- the pro- uh, problematic my movie good. My, mo- my movie is, um, it's a movie I've already seen, but I love this movie so much, and it's so interesting, so I'm very excited to watch it again. It's um, called Totally Fucked Up by Greg Araki. Mm. Have you have you ever have you either ever seen a Gregor Rocky movie before? No. Well no I've seen no, a Gregor. I Rocky don't know. Never what? heard of that no, movie. We never
2: heard of the director.
1: Continue. Tell it what, Well, I'm what? not gonna tell y'all anything about it. It's right as fuck, but oh, okay. it's gonna Gregor Rocky is one of the coolest directors ever, so I'm very okay. excited to do this one. Man,
2: I'm excited for it as well too. Thank you all for listening to this episode of Ghost Kino. Hug your friends, tell them about this show, and uh, we'll see you next week. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. Bye.